Hey, I'm on the line with my good friend who's over in China. Uh, you don't have to tell us the city if you don't want, but can you tell us the region in China that you are? The region is called Jiangsu Province. And it's right next to Shanghai. I'm Laura Bruce. I live in Christchurch, New Zealand. My name is Kamil Maleszyk. I live in Warsaw, Poland. Yeah, I'm Martin Huburn. I'm in a little town called Tipton in England. My name is Joshua Willenberg. I'm from Holland, the Netherlands in Europe. My name is Josh Liston. I'm calling from Albury, Australia, which is not quite halfway between Melbourne and Sydney. Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Welcome to the School of Last Podcast. Rick Roberts here, and if you could tell from the opening, we've got a special episode today. We're taking a trip around the world, checking in with different comics and uh, comedy show producers around the world just to see what the current situation is with the uh, COVID-19 virus and their local comedy scenes. And I just want to say that the uh, information, the interviews I did for this have been collected over the past two weeks, so there's a slight lag time. I'm sure some of the things we talked about may have moved forward a little bit as far as how they're getting past the shutdowns and lockdowns and whatnot. But as of the last two weeks, this is a snapshot of what it looks like across the globe. And uh, how I found the folks for this episode, they're either uh, people that listen to the podcast or have taken the online comedy writing class. And uh, all ex- with the exception of the first guest that I have, who is uh, my friend Miggy. He's over in China, and he was one of my first uh, comedy buddies. I believe he was even there the first night I did comedy in Columbus, Ohio. But he has uh, moved on from comedy. Now he's a teacher, but... I thought since he is in China where this all started, that's where we'll start on this podcast. So let's go ahead and jump in right now, and I'll kind of guide us through this as we go. But our first guest on the podcast is my good buddy, Miggy, and he's going to let us know where he's at and what the scene is. Hey, I'm on the line with my good friend who's over in China. Uh, You don't have to tell us the city if you don't want, but can you tell us the region in China that you are? The region is called Jiangsu Province. So I'm, I'm like about 75 kilometers east of Shanghai. Gotcha. And are you guys in a situation now where you can go out to the market or are you supposed to be staying home if you don't have to go anywhere? What's the, the situation? So a, a, lot of, a lot of the mandates come from wherever you work. Like I'm allowed to go from, from, from my apartment to work and I can stay within the, the city, the city limits. If I go outside the city limits, then I have to come back and quarantine myself for 14 days. And you teach, so are you able to teach school right now? Yeah, so one of the things that happened, my school is an international school. Half our staff are from uh, all over the world, Africa, the United States, South America, Europe, Russia even, right? And so... When the lockdown happened, uh, they couldn't get back into the country. And so uh, we have a lot of teachers that are teaching online. And at the same time, we have teachers here on the ground that are teaching in the classrooms. But anyone that's been to China can tell you that education is like the, the most important thing in this country. And so 
the, the first businesses to open were, uh, I don't want to call them businesses, but the first organizations to open were schools. So, you know, comics usually come into play in situations like this to make fun of situations and lighten them up. What's the range of what you can do in China to lighten it up? My wife has TikTok mm-hmm. and a lot of people do a lot of just, you know, they make fun of the situation and, and they try to remain positive about it. March was by far the worst the worst time here and people were still like you know how people send memes and little funny videos and they try to keep it like uh they try to keep it light and then what's the um, outlook as far as things getting back to normal they kind of phasing things in depending on the statistics and the the caseload and that kind of stuff i get my information from my wife because my wife is a doctor right so what she's been telling me the virus has its own rate of mutation. And so based on whatever they have calculated to be their rate, they think there might be another outbreak sometime in the fall, mm-hmm. right? So they're kind of preparing for that. They're kind of telling people like, you know, as much as possible, uh, stay in your homes, try not to go to crowded places, wear a mask when you're on the outside. My office is closed right now, but if anyone comes in, I put on a mask immediately. They're getting prepared. They, they believe they're gonna get, there's going to be another, another outbreak, so they're trying to be as careful as possible. People are stressed out. Uh, you, you know, you and I are, you know, we, we respect stand-up comedy as an art form, and, and I wish people could go to the comedy clubs, you know, and just get a good laugh and, and, uh, and relax. Unfortunately, there, there's, there's, a, there's comedians here in China, but uh, it's not as popular as it is in the United States. And are there and, a few options to go see them in clubs or they mainly play a theater? They mainly play in like little bookstores and, and, uh, and a few bars. It's 10 o'clock. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> my computer. <laughs> That's great. Uh, everything's been closed so uh it's just i just think like i feel a lot for the united states being way over here and because i have family in the states and everyone's dealing with their own different issues so but thank the lord um he's blessed us and uh i owe him for that so it won't last forever but it's uh it's an interesting time for sure you know, I never would have guessed there was a time where we, I couldn't go do a show. I thought there'd be a time where people wouldn't show up, but it, I didn't know <laughs> a time where they told them they couldn't go in the first place. <laughs> All right. Sounds like in China that they're expecting a big resurgence of this disease, this virus in the fall. So take note, uh, Miggy was just about nine hours away from uh, Wuhan, from the wet market where this whole thing started. So hopefully he stays safe on this second wave. But he was the closest to the epicenters I could get us. Now we're going to jump from where Miguel was in the Yangtze province of China all the way down to Albury, Australia, approximately 4,931 miles as the crow flies. And I don't know if the crow can make it there without stopping somewhere or drowning. But nonetheless, let's check out my buddy who uh, took the online writing class and is a podcaster down in Australia. My name is Josh Liston. I'm calling from Albury, Australia, which is halfway, or actually not quite halfway between Melbourne and Sydney, our two biggest cities. So if you were going to go to either of the bigger cities, about how many hours would it take you to get there? To Sydney, 
with it's a, a long enough trip you would have to stop so that's probably about six hours melbourne is now there's a lot of bypasses on the way down no small towns it's probably about three and a half and okay. that's melbourne for anyone listening is probably known in the comedy world mostly for the international comedy festival i guess so it's probably our main comedy city it's also where most of the big afternoon radio shows are based that have a lot of comedians so it's it's a good place to be. It's driving distance away. And overall, what are the the comedy scenes like in those two cities? Are they kind of different? Do they have their own vibe? Melbourne is the cool, kind of laid back. There's a lot of uh, laconic kind of comics, and it's obviously the place where the comedy festival is. So once a year, the whole world kind of descends on there. So Sydney, I, in my opinion, a little bit more aggressive and simpler and straighter to the point and i don't know it's probably just trying to appeal to a less sophisticated market which probably sits well with most of the australian market we're pretty laid back laissez-faire kind of people so the sydney comics seem to dig maybe a little bit less into the intellectual heady stuff and just go straight to the to the joke that's just what i've seen from comics from sydney and melbourne's maybe just a little bit more broad there's gotcha. every kind of comic down there and what is the the feeling down there is far as material is there a like we're overrun with political correctness here in the united states do you have a version of that down there in a way it does fall very much in the the pol- what you would probably file under political correct topics when it comes to actual things like language and taboo subjects and that sort of stuff it's very much more adult down here in my experience sure and you you get out there a little bit how often are you able to you know, perform and work on material. And I know it's frustrating right now because in the ramping up stage where you're developing material, all of a sudden you have no place to go try it out. Correct. And that's kind of where I am. When I first discovered you, Rick, I think it was from David Hooper's book, Big Podcasting. Mm-hmm. Probably the only decent book on podcasting in my opinion, but that's another subject. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> so I did a few uh, book shows around here earlier in the year. And I was really just ramping up, ready to start hitting Melbourne on a regular basis. And then all this stuff's happened and there's no shows. What's going on around Australia with how they're approaching containing it and when they're talking about opening anything back up and what it's like to go out if you can? I can't really speak to how everyone's handling it, but generally it, it took a few weeks for us to ramp up and get on board. And now everyone seems to be doing the right thing. But just one interesting thing, Rick, is I'm right on the border of two states where I live and we have a major river. And that's all that's separating the two states, just the river and a completely different set of rules and potential fines for people for going outside and doing non-essential things between the two states. So we're kind of in the epicenter of a lot of confusion (laughs) because some people work on both sides of the border or vice versa. And it's, yeah, you can get fined for one thing in Victoria, which is where Melbourne is, and another thing or an even bigger fine or lesser fine in New South Wales where Sydney is and they're two miles apart. Have you noticed any um, any comics on TV or on radio? How are they using comedy to kind of cope with this situation? Because they they can't go to the clubs. It's affected their livelihoods. But they also know, even though we're considered non-essential, they're pretty important to people dealing with this. A lot of them found it confusing because to begin with, it was a big joke in Australia because of that way we are about everything. Oh, it's not that serious. She'll be right, mate, is what the expression is down here. She'll be right, mate. <laughs> She'll be right, mate. <laughs> yeah. It's no. just a confusing time for everybody, yeah. regardless what level they're at. And and give me just a kind of a, a snapshot of what your healthcare system is like there as far as access to hospital. And then is it your own personal insurance that you buy or is it 
how does that all work in Australia? We have healthcare that's available to everybody, public health, I guess. It's publicly funded and obviously there's you know, private donation and all that sort of stuff. We have a private health system as well, which you can access through private health insurance and then essentially pay out of pocket. That's more for surgery and you know operations and that kind of stuff. I guess once everyone got on board with staying isolated and all those types of things, I haven't come in contact with anyone who's had to be with the hospital. And I think that's because they're being sensible <laughs> for whatever reason. Like, so. Very good. Well, I pr- appreciate you helping us out with some perspective today. And for those that don't know, Josh, uh, you've got a podcast. Tell us about your podcast and where they can find it. So I have two podcasts. One is called Punching Sideways, which is an, a basic interview show, but it's focused on just where I live and the city's within about an hour and a half drive. So I guess you'd call it a local podcast. And uh, and what's the second one? I've got a show which is about a minute long. It's called Tips of the Slung. The joke was, I put the joke in the title, Slips of the Tongue, but if you said that wrong, it would be Tips of the Slung and no one gets it. Right. <laughs> and it was only from asking a few people that I'm like, oh, that doesn't make any sense to people. So it just uh-huh. seems like a, we- a weird name for a show. So basically, it's kind of like I'm a self-help guru, but I'm saying the opposite of everything that a self-help guru would say. (laughs) Oh, I like it. That's a great angle. Cool. Hey, well, thanks again. I appreciate it. Thanks, mate. Cheers. All right. Thanks to Josh Liston for helping us out on this podcast in Albury, Australia. Now we're going to take a shorter jaunt, although I wouldn't want to swim it, from Albury, Australia over to Christchurch, New Zealand with Laura Bruce, who I met through taking the uh, online writing class. Let's check in with Laura. Here we go. Well, what is the uh, the comedy scene like where you live right there? You're in a, on an island past Australia. You're, you're kind of out there, but it sounds like you have a comedy scene. Rick, we are in the middle of the South Pacific on, a, on the tip of a volcano in the, in the famous Ring of Fire. So we have a very vibrant uh, comedy scene here in Christchurch. And I was absolutely delighted when I arrived here last year and started going to see open mics. And I realized I could do an open mic almost every night of the week here in Christchurch which for a city with a population of only about 400,000 just blew me away. The city has a number of arts festivals and there's a real enthusiasm for comedy uh, and even our own purpose-built comedy club just opened in December, a crowdfunded site called Good Times Comedy Club. Well, that's great. You know, it shows that the community has support for what you're doing. That's pretty, pretty impressive. So when you first got there, had you been doing comedy before or was it something you picked up once you got to where you live now? So I had done comedy uh, probably about, you know, a dozen dozen or more times before coming to Christchurch. And I quickly doubled that, you know, that figure in, uh, in a matter of weeks. And in fact, I, uh, I took place in a competition uh, just before we went into lockdown uh, for stand-up comedy, uh, new talent sort of contests. New Zealand wide, and I came runner up for the South Island. So I was absolutely thrilled. Yeah, thank you. That's excellent. And now you're kind of on lockdown. Tell me what it looks like for a lockdown where you live. It's very quiet. There's no planes. That's one of the things I've noticed. There's no aircraft noise. I heard a cargo plane the other night. I was up quite late doing a conference call with the States. 
And I thought, what is that noise? And it must have been a cargo plane landing at our airport here in Christchurch. So, yeah, you really notice the quiet. And everybody's out walking their dogs and things. And that's that's about it. Where you're at so remote, you know, the, the impact is not as devastating as in some spots. You know, what's what are the numbers that you hear from your news media? Yeah, we've had, I think we're somewhere around 1,400 cases in New Zealand. And uh, yesterday, sadly, we had the 14th death. Yeah, you know, it's a similar mortality right here. We obviously have a whole lot more cases and a lot more people dying, but that percentage stays pretty firm with at least the known cases. You know, I think we're finding out now that a lot of people have had it, gone through it, not even known they've had it. They've been asymptomatic and, and fought it off pretty easily. So yeah, you're, you're out there a little bit. What's the, the government approach to handling it? Is there a strict lockdown? Or you, do you have to wear a mask when you go into a grocery store? What's the scene there? There are no regulations around wearing a mask or anything like that. However, there is a very strict um, uh, sort of protocol around the level of what they call lockdown here. So we're at level four. And level four is a huge restriction to stop community transmission. So no, um, what they call no non-essential workers um, are going to work. Everybody's working from home. All the restaurants are closed. So we don't even have any, any takeaway, takeouts. Mm. It's just, I see my, my American cousins driving up to places in Georgia, picking up food from the window of the car. And I'm so envious. We haven't got any of that here. So it's really, uh, schools are closed. Um, and the big news this week that is that next Tuesday, the 28th of April, we're going down to level three, which means restaurants will be able to open and schools are opening, I think, except for our very young children who can't practice social distancing. Right. Yeah, that'd be kind of hard to, to explain to the littlest of ones why you can't play with somebody else. Exactly. It's, it's almost like all the things we've learned as parents, we have to reverse. Stop sharing your toys. Stay away from people. Go inside. Look at your computer. It's all backwards now. We've unraveled oh, that's everything. that's good. That's good. <laughs> oh, man. Well, the thing that I noticed about comedy, we're, you know, we're considered non-essential workers here in the United States. I'm sure same thing down there. But when it's tough times like this, we don't have the cure through comedy, but we definitely help people cope with it and look at it through a different lens. And you didn't waste any time in helping people do that. Tell us about this book that you wrote about the surviving in lockdown. Tell us about it. Thanks for asking, Rick. Actually, I've just published two days ago, Lockdown Living is the name of the book, 101 Ways to Stay Positive During the Pandemic. It recommends everything from uh, picking up that guitar in the corner of your living room to um, doing some exercises, running up and down the stairs in your house, to um, Picking up an old project, uh, uh, you know, something you've, you've put on the shelf, uh, some sort of craft or handiwork, to cooking, to cooking things you don't normally cook with the foods you normally eat. So it's a big range of activities, and it's gotten some great feedback already, so I'm, I'm delighted. Well, you know, it came at a great time, because if people don't have time to read now, they're never going to have time to read. <laughs> and, I think that's... That's a, that's a good point. The timing's excellent. All right. Well, looking forward to seeing what happens with your comedy career moving forward. Just to come in second in a contest right before this thing shut down, should probably give you a little bit of momentum and inspiration to keep on right now, I'd imagine. Absolutely. I was absolutely thrilled to do so well in the contest. And um, I, can't, I can't thank you enough for the course. 
uh, I did your online comedy course, and that was really helpful to to make me realize I had, for example, I went too long without punchlines. Uh, <laughs> so I've I've learned a lot from School of Laughs, and I'm very grateful for that. I had somebody say to me the first time I performed here, he said, "You know what? You remind me of uh, Henny Youngman." <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Whoever gave you that comment is definitely in the high risk. Uh, category for this virus if they still remember who Penny Youngman was. So God bless him for still being alive. All right. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. And the same to you. Thanks again to Laura for helping us out on this episode in Christchurch, New Zealand. Now, uh, folks, you want to get a pillow, you want to get a couple bottles of water, maybe some Dramamine, because we're going to hop on a flight if there was only such a flight, from New Zealand all the way to Warsaw, Poland for our next guest. That's uh, 17,697 kilometers or nearly 11,000 miles away, literally from way down in the ocean all the way up to top of Europe. And this will be a conversation I had with Camille, who also took the online writing class. Uh, I've had a lot of people internationally take the class. It's been kind of fun to meet them now through Zoom and phone calls. But let's go now to Camille and find out what the deal is in Warsaw, Poland. Here we go, folks. Grab your boarding pass. My name is Kamil Maleszyk. Uh it's hard to pronounce, I guess. Uh, I live in Warsaw, Poland. What is the comedy scene like there? Do they have comedy clubs or is it a kind of a special event they have at a theater? What is it like? For now, it's uh, really growing. Now we have in Warsaw like uh, two or maybe maybe now three comedy clubs, mostly for improv, but for stand-up comedy, this one is also growing. Uh, we have like uh, maybe three to five big stars like uh like well well known from the media and the community is uh, quite big for now like uh in the whole poland with poland have like 48 million people so we have 300 comics like uh, people who, who just do the stand-up comedy that's pretty good and, and can you give us a couple uh, of yeah. names of names of a couple of the the famous comedians there uh my favorite one is uh is Antoni Syrek Dombrowski. I really like uh, Wojtek Fedorczuk. There are famous people like uh, Łukasz Lotkowski, Pacesz, Kempa. Those people are really famous. Like, I would say even rich. Some of those are quite rich for now. And you took the course a couple of years ago. You're not a professional comedian, but what did you learn from the course or have you been able to use comedy in your life? Uh, <laughs> I, I just I'm just interested in the comedy. Uh, we do with my friends some open mics, and uh, I do as well some open mics. But I'm not so good with this <laughs> until now. <laughs> uh, it takes some time to put it together. Yeah. So <laughs> we do do this like um, like just pro publico bono, just for people, uh, some friends coming for for this one. Sometimes professional comedians uh, are trying their material. Right now, with the, the virus going around the world, what's it like in Warsaw? Are you allowed to go out and do things, or you have to stay home? What's, what's it like now? We stay home. Uh, we have this quarantine uh, stuff, so we have to stay home. We have to use uh, masks. We only allow to go to the shop or to the doctor. So, But... 
if I compare to the rest of the Europe, I think it's not so bad because uh, there is not so many people who are like with this disease. Yeah, we're the same way in Tennessee. We can go to the grocery and go to the doctor. They're very anxious here. People are protesting, wanting to get work back on schedule and, and get out of their house because I think they spent too much time with their family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially well, with wife. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have there been any uh, comedy shows on TV or anything to help ease the stress of the virus? Have Have the artists and TV stars gathered together to do anything? They are trying to do some uh, online stand-up comedy, but uh, this is not so good as you know as uh, as live because there is no connection with the audience. But they are trying, but this is not the same. Do you have an idea of when things will kind of open back up there and be more like it was before? Or are they still kind of waiting it out? Yeah, we are waiting. I, I heard the rumors that uh, two years even, they're waiting for this uh, fascination. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's tough times for sure. Um, yeah. Is there anything you would like people to know about comedy in Warsaw or comedy in general where you live? We are we are really growing, and uh, I I must say that we are gro- growing fast. And uh, this this started like uh, ten years ago, and for now there are many professional comics. And are are people pretty free to speak their mind, or do you have any limitations from society on what you can say on stage? Yeah, the, sometimes yes, because the society is a little bit more conservative, I would say, than in the states. Yeah, but it's changing now. So, especially for the young people, for the young people, it's okay. But for the oldest, older ones, uh, sometimes it's quite difficult. Yeah, definitely. The different generations have different ideas of what's acceptable to make fun of and what's not acceptable to make fun of. So I can see that being the case pretty much everywhere. What got you interested in comedy? Jokes. <laughs> yeah, I just like to watch comedy. Uh, joking this is what i uh, yeah i really love this so this is uh, this is the way to have fun from your life so that's great comedy is very useful this is also if you for example want to meet like like a girlfriend right (laughs) (laughs) the girls in poland like a funny guy i i I think so (laughs) well that's great well i hope things get back to normal quick for you out there and um I appreciate you letting us know how it's going in Poland. And if I can ever do anything to help you with your comedy, just make sure you shoot me an email so I know. Sure, no problem. Thank you for inviting me. I was really surprised with this, I must say, really. But I feel feel invited to Poland. If, if If you have a chance to go to Europe. If I get to Poland, I will call you up for sure. And we'll go hit the open mics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you, sir. Okay, thank you. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, Camille. And I think we learned the most important thing there is that ladies like a funny man all around the world. Hey, this is Rick Roberts. Just wanted to take a second to announce the new Master Laughter class is available online. First time ever. And for the next 30 days, there's an early bird price special to get you $100 off the class so you can get in there and start experiencing the fun of adding comedy to your content. From a learning perspective... He was masterful at showing the content, helping us apply it. I learned how to develop humor from my speaking topics, which now is going to make me more engaging. It's going to make the audience more engaging. 
and it's also going to make me memorable because they're going to remember what we discussed and taught. He does a great job in giving specific how-tos. This is the formula. This is how you do it. To be able to look at comedy and then apply it to our industry was the game changer for me. And it's classes like Rick's that teach you the skills you need to improve yourself as a speaker to make it look even that much better. Call Rick. Make sure you get in his next master laugh class for speakers and trainers. It's a no-brainer. You're going to win. So definitely take it. And now we're going to skip the airplane this time, stay on the ground, take a train ride from Warsaw, Poland, over to Holland in the Netherlands to talk to Joshua Wildeberg. And this is about a 12-hour uh, drive, if you could drive it, 720 miles. So not bad, but uh, not short, but better than the last flight we took. Whew, that was a doozy. Uh, so my name is uh, Joshua Wildenberg, or Wildenberg in uh, uh, Dutch. I'm from uh, Holland, the Netherlands, in uh, Europe. Uh, tell me and everybody listening what the uh, comedy scene is like in Holland. Um, actually, uh, the last, uh, I'd say, four years were really booming. Uh, in uh, Mostly Amsterdam, a lot of initiatives popped up like uh, like mushrooms. And uh, that, that was going uh, the, the right direction. Now, obviously, everyone is at home. And, uh, uh, but, but still, uh, club owners, uh, one in Rotterdam, for instance, they started uh, a new club and are, are also doing stuff online. And they're called uh, Club Haug. And there are a couple of other initiatives, uh, but I haven't seen that live yet. And I haven't seen this one live yet, but I know for sure that, that, that they put on the best acts. If you wanted to go out for the week and do some stage time, is there a lot of stage time during normal days around there to get up? Um, before the corona, definitely. Are there some well-known names in the country that we should look up? Yeah, to be honest, I haven't found one Dutch act where I go, well, this is going to be a, a, a main act that's going to be a threat to the UK uh, scene. Gotcha. That's what I'm all about. Like, like it, it, I, I'm focused on the UK with a reason because th there's way more talent. And mm -hmm. some of them are, are insanely talented in, in such a way that, that uh, I eventually in 2013 skipped from uh, Dutch to fully uh, international uh, acts. Yeah, so I understand. So there, there's not as many strong acts from Holland, and you're, you're close enough to the UK to get stronger acts from there, which makes for a better show for everybody. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just like English uh, comedy uh, or UK comedy as for US, Canadian, uh, anything international, uh, where as, as soon as people can actually understand them. I mean, I, I don't mind uh, accents. I myself have an accent. Right. <laughs> But uh, uh, the thing is, people should at least be able to understand you. Yeah, yeah, I think absolutely. Well, have you seen comics take advantage of everybody being kind of held captive right now and, and making fun of the situation? Uh, yeah, one, one uh, new comedian, his name is Latif Lovejoy. <laughs> oh, that's a great name. <laughs> and uh, he, he, in his video, he goes by the name of LL Cool joy <laughs> okay <laughs> the, uh, good uh, play on words and he is a stand-up comedian uh, but also a content uh, producer so therefore uh, I'm, I'm basically pitching him because he's very talented 
What could also be of interest is I uh, joined this industry uh, event called the International Comedy Conference. And that's also a very uh, powerful to be in touch with uh, Sitske Kamstra. That's the producer of this event. I can hook people up if needed. Okay. Uh, she puts out uh, anything digital or live. That'll be really interesting for, for colleagues. So she puts on a, a showcase in front of industry people, consisting of club owners, but also arena. As, as an organizer or anything within the industry, so to speak, then you're good there. And as an act, you're good via that same uh, industry that will put you there. Well, that's great. International Comedy Conference. I'll make sure I look into that a little bit. In yeah, London. In London, okay. Uh, within the UK, that was a, a huge event at one point, but uh, this was all pre-corona, so mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen after this. <laughs> right. Well, what's the situation there as far as what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do to help uh, stop the spread of the virus? Are you quarantined? Are you in lockdown? What's the situation? Ah, okay. Well, uh, I myself am uh, quarantined, uh, not uh, because I'm uh, ill, but uh, one, one of my family members have uh, COPD, which is like a lung disease, and so therefore she, uh, we have to be a bit more careful. But over here, they are uh, not as strict, luckily. There are no, uh, there's no army in the street. It's not, there's no martial law over here. But there is a lockdown, more loose kind of form of, of lockdown. We're uh, allowed to go to the supermarkets, for instance, and pretty soon, because the numbers have gone down regionally, and the hospitals are, uh, all of them are, are mostly empty, uh, which is also uh, almost universal. So it's it, the virus is real, but the hype is realer. <laughs> right. <laughs> so right. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, I myself pretty much a, a, a loner anyway. So <laughs> for me, it's been uh, it's been basically the same. Sounds like the situation uh, over there is in better shape than a, a lot of the people that I've talked to around the world. So uh, you're fortunate in that way. When do you think, or when, yeah. do, when do they think things will get back to? normal i guess they're waiting for a cure like everybody else but are they they've been uh, stating that mouthpieces would be uh, uh the best way to go maybe personnel uh, of stores or restaurants that that part i can actually follow and over here they had a couple of initiatives where they use plexiglass at certain bars regions so th- th- this will eventually so- solve itself mm-hmm. over here and uh, also the shots after this, that could also be, an, uh, be a, a scenario. And I myself just hope it won't be mandatory because as soon as you're tested and you're found positive and maybe even immune or immune, mm-hmm. then, then, then you should be treated differently, I think. I, I think that that should not be, uh, that which, which really depends on, on, on what kind of virus it is and what it actually is. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I, I've heard all kinds of horror stories where COVID-19 actually is also just a summarization of symptoms and uh, uh, corona itself, also only a, uh, a collection of uh, symptoms and, and not really a, a definable uh, situation. Those are the things that, that uh, kept me from uh, being overly hygienic and then not give my immune the training it needs. <laughs> you know, it's like what Carlin said uh, about yeah. the sewage <laughs> right. kind of thing. <laughs> in, yeah, in, in, not, not literally, but uh, 
that that bit of uh, George Carlin is is very very uh, powerful in that sense. I remember that bit where you know you'd swim across the Hudson River and swallow half the water, and and that would keep you immune from everything because your body had been exposed to it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's some truth to that, uh, and it is interesting that the virus shows up in different people in different ways. It's we're finding out over here that uh, the younger people are having strokes, and that's not what's happening with older people. And the older people are having yeah. symptoms like. Uh, pneumonia, but that's not what's happening with younger people. So it's affecting people in different ways. So I think you're right. It's it's a collection of symptoms, but the virus itself is hard to pin down. Uh, one treatment won't take care of everybody. Well, great. Well, I'm glad glad you gave us some insight on what's going on over there. And if I can help you with anything, shoot me an email or give me a holler. Okay. Thanks a lot, Eric. Bye bye. Thanks, Joshua, for cluing us in there a little bit about what's going on in the scene where you're at in Holland and uh, giving us that good breakdown of the different types of comedians and comedy talent in the area. That was pretty cool. Now we're going to do a combo car ride and take a little boat across the English Channel. Let's just pretend we're getting on the boat right now and go from Holland in the Netherlands over to Tipton, England, near Birmingham, England. Passport's out. Here we go. So could you just tell everybody your name and where you live? Yeah, I'm Martin Huburn. I'm in the Black Country, which is uh, in the West Midlands in in England, uh, a little little town called Tipton. Uh, yeah, and that's not too far from Birmingham, right? It's probably it's about twenty mile northwest. So okay. yeah, not 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 a million miles away. Yeah, and. Um, I guess we first met like four years ago, was it? You listened to the podcast and found out about the comedy classes then? Yeah, it was It was about four years ago. I was in the process of writing my first Edinburgh show. It's probably one of the biggest art festivals uh, in, in the world, let alone the UK. It's, you know, it's massive. It's probably as big as uh, Montreal or uh, Adelaide. So, yeah, one of, one of the big three. Yeah, we hear about it over here all the time. And, and for comics who haven't heard about it, give us just a little snapshot. It's very competitive, and you've got to kind of hustle to get the crowds in the door, right? It's extremely competitive. Pretty, pretty much the, the main street in Edinburgh is called the Royal Mile. And about an hour, two hours before your show, you pretty much stand on that street, literally just peddling your wear so you, you've got a handful of flyers and it's like come and see my show and then the next guy comes up and goes no don't see his show come and see my show um so yeah it's it, it is really competitive it's cutthroat and pretty much you, you'll spend two or three hours just trying to get maybe 30 people in the door uh, to, to watch your 45 minutes to stand up special and, yeah, uh, and people take a long time to craft that special you know it takes cause it's basically a one-man show and from what I understand, it, you know, if it goes well, you want to come back the next year with a different one, right? Yeah, that's you know, that's usually the the, the, the plan, and and that's the reason why I've come to School of Laughs. Really, is to uh, I had a clean slate. It was like I don't know what I'm I'm going to talk about while I'm there, and, and someone pointed me in the direction of yourself and said, "Hey, do his online course and uh, and just literally start." writing jokes and you know <laughs> but yeah <laughs> but yeah so I, I cobbled together uh, my first my first 30 minutes and uh, started doing some preview shows and it was while I was there I managed to get the last sort of 15 minutes 
cobbled together. And, and the show was pretty decent. I was averaging about 20, 25 people in a day in a room that didn't hold any more than 27. So, oh, yeah, so it, was, it, was, it was pretty cool. That's great. That's great. And, and throughout the regular part of the year, closer to where you live, you know, what's the comedy scene like? How often do you get to go out if you wanted to do open mics? It's, it's absolutely thriving. Um, I don't know if, if these guys have, have built up a name over there yet, but we, we have Joe Lysick come from Birmingham. We've got a new kid on the block, a kid called Darren Harrier, who's absolutely smashing it at the moment. And that they both come through the Birmingham circuit. There's, there's probably about 15 different open mic nights not not to mention you know the the full paying clubs and there's there's probably 20 clubs across across the west midlands which is probably a 40 mile radius of outside of birmingham so yeah we we we've got a thriving scene here now that this whole lockdown has happened you know can you give us what the situation is where you're at what what the government's asking you to do and and are people complying and we're on a, a full lockdown at the moment so essential workers like nhs uh, certain construction companies that are working with uh, land and water that kind of thing they're obviously allowed to still be operating the supermarkets convenience stores petrol stations which i still don't understand petrol stations or gas stations if you can't go anywhere why do you need the gas it's, it makes no sense you know it's nuts. Well, what is um? So, if you do go to the market, are you required to wear a mask and gloves and those kinds of things? No, it, it hasn't got that bad. But you do have to, you know, uh, sanitize the the shopping cart on the way in and on the way out. You've got to keep two meters apart. Keep a baseball bat on you at all times, just in case people need toilet roll more than you. Yeah, how was <laughs> the toilet roll situation over there? Was it was there a run up for a while? In the in the beginning, it was really really bad. It's it's still pasta and and rice. You can't you can't get it for love and money. Um, flour, you know, you can't make your own bread anymore. You can't you can't get yeast or flour. But everything else seems to be a okay. You know, in times like this, I love more processed food anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so um, comfort food, right? Have you seen comedians or listened to them on the radio use some comedy to kind of loosen things up? It's it's definitely stressful for everybody, and typically comics. Yeah. I think I think we all do. You know, uh, you're you're a father, you're a, you're a parent, you've got kids, I've got kids. It's so difficult keeping, especially young kids. My my two kids, five and seven, and you've you've got to do everything that you can to keep them entertained, and that that includes humour, and it's it's a different kind of comedy. You know, I've got to keep them entertained. But yeah, I've got, I've got two fantastic kids. I've got a, a five year old daughter, uh, Holly. And I've got a seven-year-old boy called Isaac. Isn't that an old Hebrew great, name? It is an old Hebrew name. And it means should have sacrificed him. <laughs> That's excellent. That's hilarious. <laughs> well, it sounds like at least you've got your sense of humor during the time. Do you, have they spoken out about when they think things might get back to a little bit normal? Or are they going to phase things in in different spots? Well, the official lockdown was three weeks. And that was three weeks ago. And uh, the, the politicians come on the telly again. This, uh, I, th- I think it was, uh, I think it was Monday, and said, "Oh, it's going to be another three weeks." So I think they're doing things in three-week increments. Yeah, it seems to be the same thing here. They kind of give us two or three weeks, and they look at all the information coming in, 
and then they just disregard it all and say, go back to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a couple of the bigger states that are just saying, hey, we've got it. They're sending people back to the bowling alleys on Tuesday. I'm like, if there's one place I don't want to go, <laughs> bowling alley. I mean, that's just, you get, you're going to catch something when things are good, let alone when yeah, things are bad. Absolutely. It's, it's crazy, man. Well, thanks for joining me on this part of the podcast. Uh, it was fun to check in with you, but I'm, I'm glad at least you're safe and healthy and your family's with you. That's, that's a good thing. No, it's, it's, it's such a privilege to be, to be asked to do this. And I thank you so much. And, you know, just, just keep the podcast going. We, you know, me and a couple of comedians here listen to you all the time. So yeah, just keep churning them out. We'll keep listening. Hey, I'll do it. I appreciate it. Thanks, Martin. All good. That was great catching up with Martin Hubern and uh, good insight on the Edinburgh uh, Comedy Festival. Interesting stuff. Loved learning from all these folks on the podcast today, but I got to get back to Nashville so I can wrap this thing up. So we're going to go all the way from Tipton, England to Nashville, Tennessee, which would be 4,081 miles or roughly 6,567 kilometers. Not sure. Probably have to take a few stops in between. All right, put on your mask, get out the Purell hand sanitizer, kick back, and let's take the plane ride back home to Nashville, Tennessee. You are now free to move about the country. All right, I hope you enjoyed that episode with six guests, six different countries all around the globe. I think in total, rough estimate, we covered 25,151 miles or about 40,476 kilometers if we're able to take direct paths to all those different places. So cool to be able to talk to uh, some of the people who have taken the online writing class as well as people listen to the podcast. And it's just fun to know the School of Last podcast trickles out across the entire globe. We are in a state and a time of technology, and it's cool that technology can help us. Uh, when we're kind of isolated to pull us together. And that was the goal of this episode is to kind of unite us as comics and as performers and show producers and uh, kind of check in on each other and see what it's like. So as you could tell from all six different places, a slightly different approach. Uh, everybody's aware in different ways and treating the virus with respect, but also uh, wanting to get back to normalcy as quickly as possible. And hopefully we do that in a safe way. So again, thanks to Josh, Joshua, Martin, Miggy, Camille, and Laura for helping us out on this podcast. I will include links in the show notes to some of the comics they mentioned, comedy clubs, comedy festivals, and Laura's book, Lockdown Living. If you want to check that out and support her, those will all be in the show notes, along with a little map showing you everywhere we talk to in this conversation. Lots and lots of fun. If you're looking for something to do and you've got downtime and you want to get better at comedy, of course, the, the online writing class is there for you. I've got a 20% off coupon code if you want to take the online writing class. The coupon code is COVID-19, all caps, and that'll knock 20% off any of the three levels of the writing class. And you heard there in the middle, we have the new Master Laughter class, which is just launched. It is the class for people that already have content. You might be a speaker, teacher, trainer, preacher, content creator, and you want to punch that up using comedy in strategic ways. That's what the Master Laughter class is all about. And it's a $100 off special early bird for the next 30 days. So until the 15th of June, there'll be that extra $100 off. You can find out more about that class at masterlaughterclass.com. You can find out more about the writing class at schooloflast.com. Thanks to this episode's sponsor through Patreon, Victoria Day. Victoria just signed up and sponsored the podcast at the 
$20 level a month. Thank you so much, Victoria. That puts her right into the Club 52 queue, where she is now going to be eligible to participate in our quarterly Zoom hangouts, as well as get an email every single week with one actionable step to make her comedy career and her career uh, in general stronger. We talk about writing, performing, the business, and the marketing of comedy in that Club 52 group. So three ways you can support the podcast. If you like Patreon, you can do it through the classes or the Master Laughter class. Thanks a lot again for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Take care. God bless you. And stay safe. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Come on, dirty people. Wash your hands. Keep your fingers out of your nose and your eyes so we can get back to comedy shows as soon as possible. Stay safe. Stay funny. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit SchoolofLaughs.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay funny.